Football fans, welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast, where we are going to be here recapping weekend number one of the college baseball season. And man, it was exhausting. A lot went on. There was a lot happening. We're here to break down all the top stories, the biggest question marks on the year, teams that impressed us, players that impressed us. And we'll go over the mid-major top 25. I mean the mid-major power rankings. We cannot say the top 25. That is copy. Was it copyright? Copywritten? Trademark? Trademark. No, trademark. trademark. Yeah. Um, we'll also preview the midweek. The midweek's loaded, by the way. I don't know if you've looked yet. I looked at seven or eight matchups that I'm, I'm going to be locked in on. Um, as you can tell... It's a late night. Dimitri and I back at it again. Jack uh, just got done calling the Coastal Carolina versus Duke game, which we'll recap here in a second. He did an awesome job. He was on the broadcast, ESPN Plus. Decided to give him the night off. I know he's tired. He's did a lot of broadcasting. Um, yeah. But hey, we uh, I would say for 11.7 standards, we had a very successful weekend. Uh, got a couple thousand. New followers, people interested in college baseball. That was cool. We uh, got to interact with some big accounts. And even like, you know what? Now that I think about it, all of the behind the scenes stuff that we did before the season really paid off. Like our Patreon blew up. We had a ton of entries in our weekend series Pick'em and our Survivor Contest. Uh, you know, we sold a lot of merchandise on our store. It was just... I don't know. I, I thought it was successful. Oh, this is sorry. Where you I had to turn yeah, off my. Where... I had to turn <laughs> off. My... Dude, I'm the most like ratchet podcaster out there. Always some noise. I always make people mad with with my antics, and I apologize for that. Um, I'm working on it every day. Um, in classes and therapy, working on becoming a better podcaster. But other than that, what a damn week in college baseball, dude. For real. I am uh, I'm actually house sitting right now. So if you're watching the YouTube, this is not my house. Family friend of mine out of town. Uh really dog sitting, but I guess you could say house sitting. The dog is a 10-year-old golden retriever, awesome dog. I mean, he does whatever he wants. Um but anyways, yeah, the setup's a little different. It's bright as hell in this house right now. Everyone can um, see your beautiful face now. I know, dude. My my in my apartment, it is dark typically. So but you know what else is, is weird, and I'm I was I was just telling you this before. I tried to the listeners. I tried to convince Ben. No, we don't need to do our video. We just like I just want to go back to our podcast voices and not having our faces on YouTube because I want to be able to do whatever the hell I want. I can't. I can't. I want to sit here and just do whatever. I lean all over the place and do whatever I'm doing instead of like trying to create a nice presence for people to watch. So I'm I'm like I, I don't like it. I just don't like it. Are you camera shy? Are you camera shy? I'm not camera shy. I do, I'm just not a big public person. I don't know. Yeah, you're a behind the scenes type of guy. But anyways, let's let's ramp it up a little bit. I don't want to put these listeners nope. to sleep because uh, they're probably listening to it like right going to work Monday morning if they have to work. I guess tomorrow's a holiday. I, I haven't looked too far into it. I have to work. Um, but yeah, let's get a little bit of energy in here. Look. So I'm house sitting, right? Look how giant this coffee cup is. Did you fill it up? No, 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 no. It it was actually embarrassing. I I, I don't know. I did like 10 ounces on the uh, 
on the Keurig, and it went up to about halfway across this golf ball. Like that's you 10 feel, ounces. You probably feel like it's empty. Oh, I know, dude. This thing's completely but, empty. Um, yeah. All right. Come on. Come on. Let's bring the electricity. Let's bring it. Let's bring the noise. All right. Um, here we are. No. So let me start this off. So big news. If you guys didn't see it on Friday, we got a, We got an official sponsor. And like it's we're at the point now where we get approached by like a lot of smaller sponsors. And, you know, we try to work out deals with smaller companies. Uh, we got a big one here. Like this is one that was in the works for a few weeks. Um, and they're a big hitter. And it's home field apparel. You guys probably know about them because they dominate college football, college basketball market. Um, but it is the most premium college licensed apparel in, in the world. Like I've been a consumer of home field. I think I've probably bought five shirts for myself. It's bad. I should be wearing one right now. Um, I have a, I have a, you say, hey, shout out to home field. They're sending us a, a goodie shipment package. Um, so maybe the next time you guys see us or the next two times, we'll have some cool home field shirts on or hats, whatever. So, yeah, um, I mean, I have, so like I was saying, I have like five shirts and I'm not at my house right now, so I couldn't put one on, but I have a sick UC Irvine anteater that's surfing. Blue hey, put it, up, put it on a share screen. I'll share yeah, it. Yeah, let me share the screen here for the YouTubers. But um, when I say premium, I mean, these are the softest shirts in the world. And I, I know I'm probably talking to people that already know about Home Field. They probably are, you know, customers of theirs, but just for the ones that aren't. Uh, let me pull up UC Irvine real fast. I'll show you the shirt that I have. Here, I have the screen. Just click the share screen. Yeah, there we go. Are you yelling um, at me? Well, of course, I'm going to show the Miami first because, well, of course, right? Um, like, look at how cool. Like, of course, it's licensed apparel, but they also have, like, a personal touch and retro vintage feel to all their shirt. Um, well thought out design. So I really like them. I mean, like, you got a little Miami Hurricane long sleeve shirt. Bunch of cool stuff. This is cool. The Iba, perfect storm, national champions in 01. All right, let's see what do we got. UC Irvine. Yeah, there's a UC Irvine shirt that's just the best shirt on there. It's probably this is one of their. Yeah, look at this thing. It's an which anteater surfing, and which one do you have? The one, the one you just went over, the one on the far left. This. Yeah, dude, you got to remember this is a podcast, Dimitri. Like, ha like. I would say 75% of our like listeners are on podcasts. So we got to go through this pretty quickly. But for the ones on YouTube, that this is my shirt. Surf's up, UC Irvine, it's sick. Now let me tell you our deal with Homefield. So Homefield, first of all, incredible people. We got to meet a few of the guys and girls that work there. Just people like us, big sports fans. They want to give people that that enjoy college athletics opportunity to wear their team or maybe dude, give sick. quit interrupting me, dude. I'm about to come through here and fight you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like their whole goal, like they want you guys to wear stuff. You cannot just go buy at Dick's or Academy or wherever target Walmart. Like th this is vintage look like Dimitri said, personalized touch, cool shirts, cool hats. Like, I'm probably going to ask for a few hats because the hats on there are legit too. Like they have the snapback style. They have the, the dad hats. Uh, but anyways, so we have a promo code. It's 15% off your first order and it's CWS 24. So just think college world series 24. 
uh, and it'll give you 15% off your first purchase. Uh, obviously, the deal is already in place with us. Like they're, They are uh, paying for the winners of the Weekend Series Pick'em and Survivor Contest to have this Omaha experience with us. Uh, that's our deal with them. But we want to show them love in return. And that's why we asked for the promo code. We're like, we have such a loyal fan base. They buy our merch. They you know, subscribe to our Patreon. Like they will buy your products. We just, we promise you, we will tell them about it. And um, that's where we're at now. So if you're looking to give a good gift for a holiday, uh, birthday, whatever, uh, this is what your, this is what your loved one is going to want. Boys clothes, girls clothes, kids clothes, mom, dad, doesn't matter. Uh, all shapes and sizes. So that's my, uh, that's my home field pitch. And they're cool. Like they don't give us a script to say, like we can talk about the products without a script. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm just looking, I'm not even a Texas A&M or Florida Gator fan or any like that, but these jackets are sweet. These vintage bomber jackets I'm looking at are, I mean, these Tennessee ones. Oh, dude, speaking of the bomber jackets, they showed us a little preview of what they have in store for the college. Like, so the reason why they approached us and, and we, you know, mutually agreed on this is because they have huge plans for college baseball. Like, the, the, like I said, they dominate the college football market. They dominate college basketball. They're about to release probably, I mean, not even probably. They're about to release the best college baseball apparel in the world. What do you the, mean? This, 11.7 had the best. I'm no, kidding. no, no. I'm they, kidding. I'm they kidding. They top us big time. Like, you oh, guys yeah. have no idea what they have in store. They showed us the catalog that they'll release probably sometime in April, uh, maybe March. But after college basketball season, and it's going to shock the world. Like, I'm talking, I, I, I can't even say what it is. But it's, there's a lot of teams, and there's a lot of options. So there's our 10-minute rant about our soft intro, our new sponsor. Let's get into the show. I want to start off the show with the biggest story of college baseball, and, and probably one of the biggest stories in the sports world. And that's East Carolina's own Parker Bird. So if you haven't heard, I'll give you a quick backstory. Parker Bird was one of the one of the bigger recruits for East Carolina after his senior year of high school. He got in a tragic boating accident where his right leg was amputated. And you know, he has to get the prosthetic leg and go through just tons of rehab and tons of recovery. And like he is now my white whale to get on the podcast or interview in person. I don't know. I want to talk to Parker Bird because over the last 19 months, he's rehabbed, he's trained for baseball, and he's earned a spot on this Pirates team. And he got to come into a game, uh, pinch hit opportunity, and he drew a walk. So I'm the type of guy that I read the comments. Like, I read the comment section, and there were some negative comments. And it, it... Man, it, it, really, there were? I didn't see any. Yeah, like this is a charity case. You know, like what are they doing? Is like he needs to be a manager, like not a player. Dude, that made me so mad. And like, you know, it takes, like, Dimitri, you know me. Like, it takes a lot for me to get mad. I wanted to create a burner account on the spot. <laughs> like, I wanted to look up their IP address, figure out where they are. Like, I was fired up because. I, East Carolina takes pride in their baseball program. Like it takes a lot to put on that uniform, and they were not going to just give him a uniform. You know, they. If I, if I remember correctly, 
they Cliff Godwin, I want to say six months ago, basically told Parker Bird it was like an interview or a, a snippet I saw, basically with or an article. It basically says something along the lines of tragic accident. He's one of us. He's part of our family, but he still has to earn it. He has to earn his scholarship. They, they said, we're going to honor your scholarship, but you got to earn your way on just like anybody else. Um, and I think I, I, as a competitor like myself, I would rather them tell me, hey, I want, I got to earn it. And Parker Bird probably used that as motivation to not only rehab for his life, walking to class, walking to his car, getting out of his car, walking like when he has kids, he can play with his kids. So he wasn't just rehabbing just to play baseball. He was rehabbing for the rest of his life. So using that as motivation to get ahead of the curve was probably massive, not just for baseball, but in life in general, for him to move again. And athletic, I mean, obviously, he's pretty athletic, more athletic than the majority of the population with one leg. So oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, this kid was like a top recruit. Like, he's a good baseball player. He's a really like, good player. He would post like, – I remember this offseason in the fall. Like, he would post videos of him hitting in the cage. It looks completely normal. If if he didn't – like, if he was wearing long pants, you would have no idea he's missing a leg. So that's Let what's cool a question. about it. Let me ask you a question. It's a kind of off topic, but – for, would, as a hitter, would you rather have your front leg or back leg? I was thinking about that. I was like, I wonder if they're the different. Well, it's so it's his back leg. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I could not even begin to imagine. I, I needed both legs, Dimitri, to hit. Like I needed them. <laughs> if I didn't have both yeah, legs, I, need, I, I need would have everything. I need all ten fingers. I need all yeah. both arms. I need my torso. I need everything to be half decent. I. It, I couldn't even imagine. I guess most people would probably say they would rather have their back leg because you No, can... but what about the rotational? Could you, with your lead block leg and you rotate all that force goes in your front leg and you rotate on the ankles. Did you, you just know set me up for this question? Did you set no, me up? I'm, I'm, I was thinking is there, about is it. Is there a right answer? Opinion. I don't know. I don't know if there's your a right opinion. answer. That was what I was thinking. I was thinking you load, right? You load. All that fourth good, and you have your lead blocking leg, your hip rotates. Why do you keep your calling ankle. it a lead blocking leg like it's football? Because, no, lead blocking leg. Like when you pitch, you land, you land on your front leg. It's your blocking leg where all your power rotates and stops. Oh, same thing, same thing with hitting. Same thing with hitting. You land, your front leg lands. I'm, th- I'm picturing a fullback going through the fi- like the five hole. The lead okay, block. think of like a lead, lead your front leg blocking. I know what you're talking about. I, I know okay, what you're saying. All right, so don't make me look stupid here. Like I know, I know what I'm talking. Anyway, I was thinking that would be harder. So I don't. I mean, obviously, I, nobody would hope for either one or ever have to pick one. But yeah, shout out to Parker Bird, massive, massive, and I I can't wait for the day he gets his first hit. Yeah, it's gonna come. Like he's he's gonna play. I would say he'll probably get 50 at ABs this year. Yeah, he's a freshman too. It's not like he's some fifth-year senior who had a tragic act. He's a freshman, so basically, as a freshman, it's hard to play anyway. And he's already getting an AB. And I don't think Cliff Godwin's the kind of guy just to put a guy out there for attention. Right. I don't think he's that kind of person. So if you're out there, you earned it. Yeah, hundred percent. So Parker Bird, if you're listening, love to interview one day. We, I would actually just love to send Jack over there. And have Jack do a sit-down interview. Nobody asks better questions than J- Jack DeLong champs. And I know it's DeLong Shaw. Sorry, everybody's correcting me. It looks like DeLong champs. Uh, like, Chant- like Chanticleer? Like DeLong, DeLong Shaw. Champ? DeLong Shaw. Anyways. Um, Whatever. 
Here's a, here's a last name I'm going to butcher, but another top story. Uh, a lot of big-time media outlets picked it up. Matt Masciangelo. Masciangelo. M-A-S-C-I-A-N-G-E-L-O. From Sacramento State. On Let's see. On Saturday. Was it Saturday or Friday? Saturday and then... It was Saturday. They played a doubleheader. Yeah, Sac- Sacramento State played a doubleheader on Saturday. Matt Masiangelo went to the plate eight times, got hit by the pitch seven times. And then th- there was like another crazy story. Someone pinch hit for him, and that person ended up getting hit that next step back too. But that's, you know, a side piece of the story. I, I looked back at like MLB players, right? They get 600 plate appearances a year if they play the whole season. Ruben Sierra played 20 years in the major leagues. He got hit seven times in over 8,000 plate appearances. He did not get hit his last 15 years in the MLB. His first five years, he got hit seven times and never got hit again. You know what's crazy? Some people say hit by pitch can be a subjective stat or a – willed stat basically you can will yourself to get hit by pitch you go watch the video the guy didn't like lean or get on top of the plate he was just getting plunked in the ribs off the plate like it wasn't like it was just a coincidence that he kept getting hit i don't think he was trying to i don't think he's the type of hitter that's on top of the plate based on the video so it's like yo this is this is crazy that it happened to this guy this many times because some guys get on top of the plate and they want to get hit and then it's first, honestly a one in a million. Like it's probably greater than one in a million odds. Hilarious, absolutely hilarious. You probably get hit by a pitch every like maybe seven percent of the time. I bet he gets five more hit by pitches the rest of the year. Maybe. I don't know, man. He might just be a ball magnet. But that was just another funny story there. Um, well, let's make a bet right now. Over under five and a half hit by pitches. The we're, rest we're of not going to check. We're not going to check. I wrote. I'll write it down right now, and we'll check. I, I mean, five. Five and a half the rest of the year. Dude, yeah. I'll take the over. I'm you could have said under. 11, and I would have taken the over. Yeah. I'm taking the under. Wait, how do you spell his name? Mac? It's M-A-S-C-I-A-N-G-E-L-O. Masiangelo. I hope I'm pronouncing that somewhat close. Sac State Baseball. All right. We don't need to spend any more time on it. Everybody's seen no, it. No, no, no. I'm just going to look up uh, – I'm just going to look up how many hit by pitches he has in his career so far. Uh, okay. While you do that, I'm going to talk about Chase Burns. All right. Talk about him. Chase Burns is going to have a Paul Skeens esque year. And I know people are going to say, you're crazy. Paul Skeens, that's a once in a. He had one hit by pitch year. Of last year. Cool. Um, <laughs> I looked at Chase Burns' like advanced numbers, they are major league quality. I mean, he is throwing heavy-ass fastballs. He is throwing tight sliders. And his mound presence alone, it it embarks Paul Skeens. Like, they're very similar pitchers. I cannot believe Chase Burns was not a starter in the rotation for Tennessee last year. I know he was electric out of the bullpen, but I want this guy starting the game and going as long as possible. Huh? I said, you know why he wasn't a starter at Tennessee last year? Why? He wasn't good in the beginning, so they moved him. No, I I know, but it, the, I'm not trying to talk bad about Tennessee, but like you got to figure it out. 
You got to figure it out. With I, mean, I mean, you know that, but like a change of scenery is massive. You know how it is. You you went from UT Martin. You were probably maybe you were miserable there, not playing on a winning team. Went to Blinn, and then you went to Mercer. Who knows? You could have became a top draft pick just based on change of scenery. So maybe for I change, think I got Burns, worse. I think I got worse. worse. <laughs> but like maybe just a different sound of voice or a tone of voice in his ear. Change something. Damn, Wake Forest pitching lab, man. They just which is part of recruiting. That's why you go somewhere where you resonate with the coaching staff. You resonate with their plan for you, and you and you stick to it. And that's why you don't just commit to the name or Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Go where you resonate with the coaching. And Chase Burns, a perfect example of that. He wanted to go to Tennessee. He's a ball man, whatever. But maybe he found out later than others that it wasn't the best place for him. So he went to Wake Forest, where they're known for developing pitchers as of the last couple of years. It, and here Coach you go. Muscala. Coach Muscala is a genius, man. Over yeah, at I mean, Wake Forest. He is, great example. He's going to be a head coach at a power, power program probably by next year. I'm surprised. I know there was rumors last year that he might have went or he was going to go interview at Penn State. And I think he realized, wait, I'm way better than Penn State. How about this? Like he It'll might be, be the next take. Mississippi State. Mississippi State. No, is He's the next it's head not coach a hot take. It's not a hot take. He, he'll, I think he'll be at Mississippi State next year. Pitching coach for Wake Forest will be at Mississippi State next. That year. was I was gonna say. I think he's the next head coach of Mississippi State. Lamona figured it out this year and buys himself another year. Then he won't. But if he struggled, they're gonna move on. That that school demands excellent. There's no way they go through three years of this and give him another year of opportunity to coach that team at the top step. So. And Mississippi State like pitching guys. Remember that? Oh, their yeah. last uh who was their head coach before? Um he got he got in trouble, right? Oh man. Before Dude, you know I'm bad with names. Hold on. He got in trouble, right? And he had to resign, right? But he was a pitching guy, I'm pretty sure. And I think Mississippi State always like looks toward because that's their biggest problem. You're gonna get hitters there. They just have struggled with walks. This weekend was better. As a whole, on average per game number, Mississippi State numbers were much better strikeout to walk ratio. But they need a pitching coach. They need a pitching guy there. At Park, in the band box, get some hitters. You're going to get your hitters in the southeast in Mississippi. Get you a pitching coach that can develop. Shit, that team's going back to Omaha every year again. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I don't want to really talk about Mississippi State much. Um, <laughs> Congrats on your I will say, Dakota Jordan. Dakota Jordan's must-watch television. Uh, if we're going to throw a little bit about Mississippi State, he hit two moonshots. Like, he looks like Bo Jackson. He is a freak athlete. He swings so hard. And when – I mean, it's not even like when he connects – or if he connects. It's when he connects because he's a good hitter. He hit some balls that I think probably hit the, uh, the loft buildings behind. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, going back to Chase Byrne, that's why I think he left Tennessee. He wanted to be a starter. Vitello said, hey, for the best, for the betterment of this team, we want you in the bullpen. You struggled as a starter. Right now, we need you in the bullpen. Maybe if he would have stayed, they would have worked on him all offseason and brought him back to the rotation. But at that point, if you're Chase Burns with that kind of draft prospect ability, blah, 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 blah. Go somewhere else and be a starter and just start fresh again. And it's gonna, it looks like it's going to really pay. It's going to be a million-dollar decision. I, I'm going to make a hot take here. And I know I, I poo-pooed on your hot take, but Chase Burns is going to be the number one overall pick this year. Dude, I, I, learned, I learned better. I thought Dole Lander was going to be number one. He struggled last year. But pitcher, I mean, what, Skeen went two? Or, no. Yeah, Cruz, Paul Skeen went number one. one. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Duh, duh. I, I was trying to talk myself out of it. So I don't know, dude. Pitching at the number one problem. No, he's going. Uh, he's, if he finishes the year like with the same stuff, like, if he has a Paul Skeens esque year, he will go number one overall. I agree because, with that. like, for me personally, and I, I, I dabble in the draft stuff, and you know, I find it interesting to look up guys. I was big on Hagen Smith, and I still am. Hagen Smith for Arkansas, I figured, or not figured, but I, I know he has very similar stuff, but from the left side. And before the year, I kind of put all my chips in on Hagen Smith. I was like, you know what? He could have an incredible year this year and go number one overall. Like I, I felt like he could do it. Now, he struggled Friday against James Madison, and he's there's still a long season. Cool. SEC play is what people are going to look at anyways. But I, I, for me, Chase Burns, Hagen Smith are the two best pitchers in the country. And then as far as stuff-wise, and then there's a pretty – pretty sizable gap and then you know you move on to the the guys after it but chase burns like he he has the size the athleticism the demeanor and the stuff he is dude he's got the electricity like he had that passion that i love in players of course they're the guy that throws 98 to 100 just walks off the mound like whatever i just did my job he like rah, let's fucking go shit like that because he he mattered and he's passionate about competing out there yeah. and he wants his team to win. And I think, dude, I think that's like that little extra edge and a guy that I like or don't like. You want to know, you want to know another little extra edge. Let's pretend like we're in the movie Moneyball right now. And we're the scouts sitting around the table. What a name chase burns. It's like, it's like somebody that's addicted to the weight room. They're just chasing the burns. They want the burn. I didn't think about it that way, but Hey, I like it. But yeah, I mean, the guy, he rue robbed, he throw the hundred. So look, Brody Breckman, he can't find the strike zone. I think Chase Burns had just as good of an arm and pure arm talent as Brody Breck, but he knows how to pitch. He knows how to throw strikes. He knows how to do all that. Brody Breck is a guy, if you hit, you're gonna really hit with him. But if you miss, it's gonna be it's gonna be a disaster in Pro Ball because that strike zone shrink, hitters are better. Like you have to be perfect a lot of the time as, as a top first round pick. Yeah, like you can't. Chase Burns also Chase Burns also has three elite pitches: the slider and the changeup. Like they play at the major league level too. So yep. you'll see this year, Paul Skeens. I don't know if he'll make it to the major leagues this year, but he'll be flirting back and forth. They might take a chance on him. Chase Burns will be some like something similar. He'll maybe spend a full year in the minors, and then after that, immediately go into rotation. Do you remember Finnegan from TCU? Went from That's Omaha a different to... story, though. Yeah, Finnegan's just different. Think How about, do... think about Strasburg. Well, the Royals were in a pennant chase, and Finnegan, he like he had the pitch ability. Like, he threw pretty good, like, mid-90s, but had elite control. Um, I mean, he was You're telling me they had nobody in their farm system just as good as him or better? Why did he fast-track like that? Probably because he was... I don't know. I, I, you I see don't what I know. mean? Like, I, I, have, I can't remember why he flew so fast track. The Nobody else would do like, that. Only other starting pitcher I can remember is Strasburg. Like, Strasburg got fast tracked. He's going to, like, that's Skeen's comparison. Um, I hope Skeen's better, better than the league. I hope he gets fast tracked because it's better for the college baseball. Because then fans are going to be like, oh my God, he's already in the big league. I need to follow college baseball to find the next one. Who do I like next? So right. it's so much better for the sport if guys are getting fast tracked. 
But anyway, yeah. we can move on. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Duke. I, I picture, not picture, but I'm anointing Duke as the team of the week. Duke went into a tournament at Coastal Carolina, a place where they won a regional last year. And I mean, they're facing three other regional teams. You know, Big Ten champ last year, George, uh, Indiana. George Mason won the A-10. And then Coastal Carolina won the Sun Belt. And Duke went through and I, I don't want to say steamrolled, but they were in control the whole time. Uh, they did steamroll George Mason. They hit 11 home runs in one game. Crazy to think about. There's teams that won't hit their 11th home run. There's teams this year that won't hit their 11th home run until like game 20, maybe 25. All right. How about this? Do you know who one of my eight teams to go to Omaha is? Duke? I don't know. Duke Blue Devils, baby. I'm well, you switched. You Remember you switched. You said Wake Forest, and then you were like, you know what? I'm picking Duke. Um, to hold Coastal Carolina to three runs is impressive. Yeah. I mean, Indiana held them to two. So, speaking of the whole tournament, I know Duke is the um, focus right now, but Coastal putting up five runs in the final two games against good pitching makes me just a little bit concerned. I love overreacting opening weekend, but I'm just a little bit concerned. Like, they can't, I don't think they can pitch well enough all year consistently to support an offense that's not putting up five, six runs every game. Yeah. It'll be fine. We can overreact, whatever. I, I do want to bring up this point now, and it kind of ties into Coastal Carolina, but it's nationwide. I, I don't think the balls are as juiced this year. and I, Because I watched, oh, man, probably 100 games on and off. Like, over the three days, I mean, I was flipping back and forth through a ton of games. The ball's not flying. Now, it could be the cold weather. It could be wind direction. I don't know. I didn't look too far into it. But this time last year, it felt like guys were mishitting balls 400 feet. There were not as many home runs this weekend as I was expecting. Did you watch much of the Texas-San Diego series? Yeah, so my little brother was at that was at that series. They were smashing the They were dying. Well, that okay. The dish is huge, first of all, and yeah, the wind was blowing straight in. So my brother said that he was sitting on the third base side, and they would smash balls, and it looks like they just hit a wall and just come straight down. So like that makes that grand slam way more impressive. Crushed that ball. Yeah. And it barely went out. Crushed that shit. I mean, Melendez, Melendez was parking them over the scoreboard. That's what I'm saying. I don't like, I think we're back to normal baseballs. The last two seasons was ridiculous. Guys were getting fisted over like 400 feet. Yeah. So I don't know. This is going to be, it'll probably take a month before I come like firm on my answer here. But right now, I don't think the balls are as juiced. Like, and do you think Mercer, that play Mercer played? Mercer played to uh, Toledo, and Mercer's ballpark is tiny. Like, I'm I'm su- I'm surprised that you survived four years there as a pitcher. It, the ball, I mean, it's a crackerjack of a ballpark. But I think there was only like two home runs that whole weekend in three games, and usually you'll get five a game there. Yeah, I mean, do you so so going tying it all back to Coastal Carolina and Duke? Do you think it's more impressive that Duke pitched that well this weekend, or do you think it's a concern that Coastal? I mean, okay, they did put up twenty six against George Mason, but I'm going to be honest, since Jack's not here right now, George Mason blows. 
They were so bad, dude. <laughs> their, their pitching was literally BP slop ball. They were throwing slop in there. Yeah, I felt bad for the George Mason so pitcher. It's Coastal Carolina. Can we panic? Not panic, but be concerned. No, 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 no. You cannot panic. They, they still have good hitters in their lineup. Uh, Duke's pitching staff was great all weekend. The Duke, I'm telling you, Chris Pollard and Duke will find themselves in Omaha this year. They, they have everything it takes. So. Santucci was, was filthy on Friday morning. Oh, he's he's awesome. He's going to be an All-American. I mean, that guy really rose up my favorite pitchers to watch. Like every year, I find myself whenever they're starting, I watch, I put their game on. I don't care if it's a good game or bad game. I just want to watch that pitcher pitch. And Santucci becoming one of those guys where I want to throw it. And like when Brody Brecht starts, I always watched him last year. But mm-hmm. Santucci becoming one of those guys that I want to watch. Yeah, nasty lefty. Um, so yeah, no, I'm not pushing the panic button on Coastal. We'll see. I was playing devil's uh, advocate. I'm not panicking either, but I was just trying to get a reaction. Yeah, no, no, no. But it was a fun. It was probably. Was it my favorite tournament to watch? Probably not, but I did watch every single game. It was I, really good. Dude, I'm bought in on this Indiana team, like, too. I know they lost uh, game one to Duke, or, yeah, to Duke, but they have talented players, man. And and they, they won the last two games. They beat Coastal. They took care of business against George Mason. So watch out for Indiana. Indiana is going to be I, – I think they're going to win the Big Ten. I still do. They can pitch. They play incredible defense. I mean, their defense was phenomenal all weekend. And they can hit. They have um, Matheson. They have Devin Taylor, the left Devin fielder. Devin Taylor, yep. And then they have one more kid, Cerny, Tyler Cerny. Something like it starts that. with a C. I don't know how to pronounce it. Cerny, Cerny, whatever. I'm, I, was, I, I texted you. I was like, I'm impressed with the Indiana team. I really like this team. And the way Iowa played this weekend, it is only one weekend. But we're going to make an overreaction here. Indiana could become the favorite in the next three weeks. A lot of people might change their tune on who's winning the Big Ten. Over the yeah, Iowa, Iowa lost today to Lehigh. But, dude, Morgan and Brecht won too this weekend. They were both dominant. Like they, Brecht struggled so bad with the walk. With the walks, but those those should come around. Like he'll he'll be fine. I, I hope it warms up. Yeah, I agree. But, but but Morgan on Saturday, I mean, I think he went six six innings, one hit, maybe. He was nasty. So and then you got Obermuller on Sunday, the little lefty three quarter yeah. guy through today. He had like eight Ks in like four innings. Yeah, they ended up losing the game, but yeah, Iowa Iowa's still good too. No, Nebraska, I agree. Nebraska will be good. Maryland looks really good against Georgia Southern. I'm not worried about the Big Ten. This will be the best. I think this will be the best Big Ten season. Nebraska looked good this weekend. Yeah, I said that. Nebraska. Nebraska, Maryland. Uh, But anyways, we're not here to talk about Big Ten right now. Uh, Can I talk about UC San Diego and, like, how we're going to get ripped off not seeing them in the postseason? I'm going to go see them. I think I'm going to try to go see them for a little bit next weekend. Um, Yeah, you're living, like, 10 minutes from campus. They're 10 minutes from me. Um, I need to go. I want to go see them, but I need to get in touch with one of those guys just so I can go talk to them and learn a little bit about UC San Diego because I've talked to people around here in San Diego. They said it is an embarrassment that UC San Diego is better than San Diego State. They said it's an absolute embarrassment. They said there, there's, that should never happen. A D2 school just transferring to D1 should never be better than San Diego State. And I'm like, well, it's happening right in right before your eyes. 
Right. So for the Kings listeners that don't keep up with uh, with this kind of stuff in the dirt of college baseball, UC San Diego is not eligible again for the postseason because they moved up from Division Two, and there's like a transition period. If you follow college football, you know James Madison uh, had that thing this past. Let's see. I think they ended up playing in a bowl game this year, but they had to get like it was a because waiver. They needed more numbers. They needed more team. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so UC San Diego wins the Big West last year, regular season. So they would have got the automatic berth. Uh, they were not eligible. And so that's fine, whatever. But there's a second season that they have to wait it out again. So not eligible this year. And, uh, dude, I'm telling you, they're, if you take the whole West Coast, including the Arizona schools and including the Oregon schools, they're a top five West Coast team. Like, I would probably put them at, like, number five right now behind Oregon State, probably Oregon. UCLA. Do them in UCLA, probably neck and neck. I no mean, way. I would put them ahead of probably both Arizona schools or right with Arizona. Like, they're a top five team on the West Coast. They're better than Stanford. They're better than Fullerton, better than Long Beach, better than maybe UC Irvine. I have to see more of them, but it's dude, it's a shame. This is a regional team. I think this is possibly a super regional team. They took dude. Okay, so I know you know this, but the listeners, the first two games of the se- uh, of the season, they played San Jose State, who returned I think seven guys from their regional team last year, like seven guys in the lineup, plus two or three starting pitchers, and. They just boat raced them both games. Held them to two Hit. total hits. Mine. Yeah, and so today, Sunday, they're going for the sweep. They're down 11 to nothing in the fifth inning. And the Tritons go come all the way back, score 12 runs in the last five innings, and win the game. This team, I mean, I, I, I texted you, Dimitri. I watched the la, probably like the last four innings today and watched – first three innings yesterday they're good they are talented so i don't know what what we have to do we got to get the ncaa on the phone this team's got to play in the postseason it's criminal it's criminal to not give this team a chance i mean why does the ncaa NCAA even care if they're in because it's an outdated rule back with the whole um recruiting rule drug testing rule all those little rules where it's recruiting by, like, you know, all those windows and scholarships and all that stuff. It's an outdated rule because the game, the NCAA has changed so much over the last three years. You have NIL deals now. Guys can make money. Recruiting rules have changed. All that stuff. It's just an outdated rule that needs to change. One year, I, I'm good with one year. One year transition period, fine. Right. But that's it. But two years. I mean, you only give the kids four years of eligibility. So it's going to be a shame when – this group of kids, win, how how impressed with it? Eighty games over two years and don't get to play in the postseason. How so impressive is it, is it that they have this good of a team and recruiting these guys, knowing they can't even go to the postseason? How Ryan Forcucci didn't transfer this year and go to a school where he can play in a regional, or Isaac Martinez, their closer who threw four innings Friday night, eight K, pitched again tonight, uh, today, the ninth inning, one inning, had two saves on the weekend. He's a really good lefty. But, like, how – I'm impressed that these guys didn't transfer and go somewhere else. I, either the head coach got an unbelievable 
program, getting guys buying in, whatever the magic sauce is that they've got going on, it's impressive. Yeah. The bottom line is if somebody starts a petition, I will sign it. They need to get a waiver for this year. It, it's got to happen. It probably won't. Try, I'm, not gonna get to, my hopes. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Should we try and do something to get this team, whatever it is, we can help? Because I want to watch them play in a regional. I want to see them host a regional. That's what I want. I think they, they, I think they got a too. chance. You run through the Big West this year, which the Big West is really good. So like good. Fullerton looked great. Long Beach State looked great. UC Irvine looked great. Uh, I mean, Long Beach. They were on the verge of sweeping Washington, who, by the way, I think D1 Baseball had them finishing fifth or sixth in the Pac-12, which is a really good team. Usually you're on the fringe of an at-large bid if you're fifth in the Pac-12. Um, so that means they thought highly of Washington. They were about to sweep them. Irvine ran through their weekend. Fullerton took two out of three at, at Stanford. Yeah. Um, you see San Diego. We just got done drooling over them. Like what North, would you Northridge say? lost two out of three, oh. but we had them preseason ranked high in Who? our major poll. Who? Northridge. Yep. Hawaii took two out of four against Ole Miss this weekend. Oh, Big, you want to talk about baby. a team I want to see host a regional? I want to see Hawaii host a regional before I die. What what would it take for that team to host the regional? Would they have to well, be the, I think step people? one, I think step one is there. You split with Ole Miss. You just hope Ole Miss goes on and has like a great year, which they might. I don't know, but that would be sick. They have a regional. I would. I would dream. Dude, their, their stadium is sick. I've been to it. I forgot, but when I, when I was in seventh grade, uh, my dad took me and my brother and maybe my mom, but he took us to a game, and it was against San Diego, the uh, the Toreros probably 2008-ish. And, dude, their stadium is beautiful. Like, so many locals come. It's just like a big party. And, dude, I want to see Hawaii host a regional before I die. I will be there. I I think I would have to put my name in to, to, get, on, to, to get on a flight or whatever and go there. And say now, whatever. I know it's, it's probably – I mean, it's not going to happen this year, but they have a chance. Like, if they win 45 games and have this – you know, split series with Ole Miss. Maybe Ole Miss finishes fifth or sixth in the SEC, like has this crazy year. The RPI is going to be high. So, yeah, San Diego, uh, Santa Barbara, Hawaii. Oh, Santa Barbara lost two out of three. Again, okay, we'll just go ahead and say this now about Campbell. We were wrong. We were oh, wrong sorry. about Campbell. I thought it was going to take him a month or two to get going and be good again. I thought Santa Barbara was going to roll through it. I lost my survivor pick week one. I'm already out. I think you did too. Um, yep. So we were wrong. We're wearing it right on the chin. Never doubt Justin Hare and fighting Campbell. Well, but, and I owe I owe Justin Hare, Coach Hare, I should call him, um, Campbell's head coach. I owe him a big apology because he told me before the year that they brought him – a lot of talent like good they lost a lot from last year's team but he liked the talent this year he thought they were gonna be fun exciting and uh he told me that and, and I, I still think you, you they weren't gonna be good yeah, you know what you're right i told I, you I you were like no way campbell's gonna be as good this year blah 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 and i said i believe you over a division one head coach like future legend justin Hare. but here's my here was my reasoning why would he talk bad about his team? Of course, he's going to gas them up and think they're going to be really good. That's where I was like, Ben, 
settle down here. Let's look at the numbers. And the numbers say they weren't supposed to be great this year. That's what the data said. I'm never listening to you ever again. Well, that's fine. Don't ever listen to me again. I'll kick your ass in the pick them again for year number two. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I didn't want to bring up the pick them. I went one and five. <laughs> I got my but, teeth kicked in. Absolutely. But anyway, I'm not even going to bring up my record. It's too good to make, to bring it yeah, up. Yeah, you went five and one. I went one and five. Jack went three and three. So I have no no place to talk. Uh, yeah, it, it was an embarrassing week. I got to I got to be better. It's, you will get better. That's what opening weekend jitters out. It's a long season. I like to but, say I know too much. I know too much. I need to just simple it. Like the people that do the best at the pick them are the ones that don't overthink it. They're like, dude, no way. Like Campbell's winning at home two out of three. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Arizona's winning at home. Yeah. Virginia Tech and they're losing to Charlotte, stuff like that. Right. So, but one last thing about the Big West Santa Barbara, dude, they won 20 to eight on Friday night. Yeah, they lost the series. They blew it. A um, couple keen miscued walks and stuff. But they're still a really good team. Hawaii, split with Ole Miss. Fullerton, two out of three at Stanford. Long Beach, almost sweeping Washington. UC San Diego took San Jose State to the woodshed with sweeping them. Irvine, they won 3-0 and this weekend. Like, what more do you got to say about the Big West team or Big West Conference? And the Big West is so important. Like When the Big West is good at baseball, it makes college baseball way better. Because think about – all of the fans that have you know been around the game for 20 years, like they're used to seeing Fullerton in the College World Series. They're used to seeing Long Beach State hosting regional, super regionals. Uh, it's they're they're teams that everybody's familiar with. None of them have, or I guess a few of them have football, but most of them don't have football. And it, like they're ba- it's a baseball conference. It, these teams and these schools focus on investing in baseball. So it's good when the Big West is good. Plus, it makes, you know, Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Fridays, Saturdays, even Sundays way more enjoyable because when the main slate is over with, you can turn it on and they're in the third inning over there at Long Beach State. Or and all, most of the games are on ESPN+. Plus. So, oh, also, shout out Hawaii. Hawaii has probably the best all-around baseball broadcast in, in college baseball. They, I guess they do it through Spectrum, Spectrum Sports or something like that. It's, it's actual. It's not a stream. It's like actual TV broadcast. Yeah, and they, they streamed it over ESPN Plus on Friday night for opening night against Ole Miss. And, dude, it's, it's major league quality. I love it. And the announcers are great. Um, I'm starting to put together a list of college baseball announcers that I really like. So I might, I might have to blog that. I might have to blog, like, my top ten. Off hey, the top of the Southern head. Myth, Southern Myth, they better be in your top five, top three. Yeah, I mean, I can probably rattle off. I don't know that I don't have the names in front of me, but Southern Miss, well, let me start at the top. LSU, Texas have the two best. LSU and Texas, two best Jason, announcers and broadcasters. Jason Baker is Southern Myth, by the way. Yeah, Southern Miss is up there 100%. Uh, Jack DeLongchamps, DeLongshaw, he's up there. Dude, Jack's a beast. He, he, I was watching really the game. He's really good. I was enjoying watching the game. Yeah, uh, and his partner too. Like both of them. Like awesome, awesome chemistry. So those two are up there. Uh, I like Texas. Hawaii. I like Texas. 
for the most part. He gets a little homey, a homer. Well, so does the LSU guy too, but that's what makes it great. Yeah. Like you want to hear when they're sad that their team's losing. Like I want to hear some of that too. It makes it more fun. Nothing was better than when on Saturday, Northeastern hit a home run against Arizona. And Arizona, you could just feel Arizona's announcer just deflate. It was in the eighth or ninth inning. And he's like, you know, blah, 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 swings, hits it up. And that is going to get out of here. Yep, that just gave Northeastern the lead. And wow. You know, I mean, he just was deflated. Yeah, I mean, but that's fun. That, that's fun. That makes you, if you're rooting for Northeastern, you're just like, let's fucking go, man. Sit your sorry ass, sad ass down. Right. But, um, no, it's... It, it's 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 great. Uh, Mississippi State has a good one. I was just gonna say, super southern accent, dude. He, you can, I can hear it in my head all the time. He is straight out of Mississippi. His accent is so strong, but he's so well versed. He does a really good job. Yeah, uh, you know who also has a good one is Miami. I enjoy yep. Miami broadcasts. They're good. I'll have to by the end of the year. I'll have the blog out and I'll rank them one through ten with their actual names. And uh, maybe like clips of the broadcast, but definitely LSU and Texas one two. I, I I could fall. I mean, those guys could put me to sleep in a good way. Like I could just turn them on, listen to their voice, like Vin Scully style. And uh, I mean, that's what that's what you want to listen to before you go to bed. Um, let's see, what were we just talking about? Oh, I know what we we're going to bring up. Big, we were talking Big West. Um, the seventeen inning game, Long Beach State, Washington. Game three gets called because of curfew. Now, let's explain curfew real fast. I know they were in the bottom of the 17th, and there was a runner on, uh, one out for Long Beach State. They could have walked it off. 17 innings is a lot of baseball. That's a doubleheader back-to-back with no break in between. And Washington's fighting for their lives, you know, just trying to salvage the series, get one game. And Long Beach State's trying to sweep and, like, make a statement. We just swept, you know – uh, uh, above average Pac-12 team. And so they call the game. People are like, oh, this is, you know, it's not America. Baseball, no time limit, blah, blah, blah. Well, Washington had to catch a flight. They they did not expect to be there until 7.30 Pacific time when the game started at 1. They just, Here's they didn't question. expect it. Isn't the rule usually you can't start an inning after a set time, Right. I've never seen a game just get called in the middle of an inning. Usually, it's, hey, 8 p.m., no, you can't start an inning after 4 p.m., for example. Right. If you start the ninth or the 17th inning at 3.58, you play that that last inning and then it's over. If it's a tie, well, I'm, sure, I'm sure this is what happened. I'm sure both coaches agreed either before the game or even during the game. Hey, at 6.45, we have to – it's a drop dead. You know, we Washington, we, we have to go pack the stuff up, go to the airport, and we fly out at 9. Like, we have to – like, we cannot go past 645. So, I'm sure that's what happened. I, I know both coaches probably agreed on it. Um, it, it. I think it's a little bit different circumstances than, uh, like, normal curfew. Like, oh, we can't start a, an inning after this time. Yeah. So, I think it was just a drop dead. Speaking, of, speaking of dropping dead, did you hear what Coppin State did today? What? They quit their game in the fourth inning. They Dude, served- you can't – wait, time out. Let's take it. You can't say, speaking of dropping dead, did you see what Coppin State did today? 
Bro, you just made my heart stop. I thought someone died. Oh, no, you said drop dead, like end the game kind of thing. And I was saying, did you, speaking of that, I come on, come on, there was context there. I knew nobody died today because we would have seen it. And you just brought it up as, speaking of Coppin State, or no, speaking of drop dead, did you see what happened to Coppin State today? That's on you. Hold on. Eight inning, eight inning. Wait, was was it yesterday? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Second game of today, doubleheader versus Coppin State will not count because only three and a half innings were played. They were up 25 to two in the fourth inning, and Coppin State just dipped out. They said, We can't play anymore. They threw three over 300 pitches in four innings. So the game doesn't like. count? Nope. Doesn't count because they didn't get. Oh, dude, that's, a, that's such a win for Coppin State. No, that's such a win for Creighton, RPI dweller, Coppin State. Oh, but I mean, I don't, I don't think about the RPI. I think about winning games. Okay, yeah, Coppin State basically got out of a, a loss. They were just like, yeah, we're done. It was twenty. It was twenty-five to two in the fourth inning. And you know what? They were beating Creighton in like the seventh inning today. In the first game of the doubleheader. Because I put it out in the gambling picks. So Creighton was only minus one eighty, right, to Coppin State. And I, I, I messaged the group and I said, you have to hammer this. Like the minus 180 against Coppin State, they just beat them 28 to whatever. Uh, and they were, dude, I looked at the score and I was like, no way. Like, I just gave out <laughs> a losing pick to Coppin. Like, Coppin State will win three games this year, and I just gave it out as like a hammer play. Um, yeah, I mean, that sucks. Like, Creighton got some BP. That's good. But you it reminds crazy. me, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the pod, but I think the listeners would like this. Uh, when I was in junior college one year, uh, there was a team, Laredo, Laredo Community College. I think they've gotten a lot better, but they used to be so bad. Like it was automatic 20 runs when you played against them. And w- Laredo is on the border, like where they're fighting right now to build the wall. Like that is like the wall is right down. The, like, you can see the the freaking border, Mexico, Texas border. And so we drive down there. It's a long drive, a miserable um, and we show up three hours before game time and the, the Laredo coach came over to our dugout and was like, are y'all going to take BP today? And I think it was our assistant coach. I, I wasn't there at the scene, but this was what was told to us. I think it was our assistant coach said, now nah, we'll just take BP during the game. <laughs> Absolutely disrespectful. <laughs> so funny, dude. That's what Creighton, Creighton was probably like, oh, no, we'll just take BP during the game. It's <laughs> That's so bad. That you is say so... that to another coach's face. That is so oh, bad. Oh, man. So um, funny, though. But anyway, let's talk, uh, let's talk Shriners. Yeah, I mean, Shriners is great. And they, they put on such a good – the Shriners puts on such a great tournament, every tournament that they do. But I want to give props to Flow Sports. People are hating on Flow Sports – Dude, it's and, a great uh, broadcast. It's a great broadcast. No. I'm sorry. If you want to come at me, come at me. Flow Sports is a great broadcast. Compared to like some of the other ones I was watching where the cameras were blurry and fuzzy and two camera angles. Dude, people are hating on Flow for no reason. They stepped their game up. I will hand up and say it's much better. Um, it's watchable. It's crisp, it's clean, good transition. You can see the play. That's that's all you you can ask for. Great broadcasters too. 
Yep. So, I mean, yep. it was all around good product. Like we paid, I, we paid for it to watch the game because obviously we need to see all the game. Thirty bucks for a month, a little crazy, but if, if money's not a huge issue to you, it's worth it because you get you get the watch quality game. Right, and and we're gonna have it. Like they broadcast, I think the CAA games and a few other tournaments throughout the year. So uh, it's definitely worth it. Now the games itself. I mean, most of them were tight. Like, most of them were back and forth, tight games, uh, very, very dramatic. And, you know, I was impressed with every team except for Baylor. Like, Oklahoma showed me a lot. Oregon showed me a lot. Tennessee looks great. Texas Tech can hit the crap out of the ball. Dude, Texas Tech's pitching was way better than I thought it would be. I'm loving Texas Tech to win the – I think they're going to win the Big 12. I wouldn't be surprised. Oklahoma State looked like dog shit um, this weekend. Um, Texas is vulnerable. Maybe maybe San Diego is way better than people think. I mean, I know we're both pretty high on San Diego. I'm you're, I'm really you're not as high as me on them, which is fine. I'm a new I'm a San Diego homer now, I guess. But I'm really I thought they played really well this weekend. So yeah, but yeah, going back to what you were saying. Um, yeah, the. Uh, who did who ended up winning the tournament? A whole bunch of teams tied at two and one. You would have to go run differential. Um, Texas Tech four run differential it negative four negative one positive three. Okay, positive three for Texas Tech. Um, and then Oregon two um, two and one. So what did I say? Texas Tech positive three. Yeah, I'll write it down. Positive three. We're gonna figure All out right. who won this tournament right here right now. Yep. Texas Tech positive three. Uh, this is Oregon plus two plus five minus four plus one. Oregon is plus one on the run differential. Nebraska, nope, they went one and two. Um, Tennessee plus four minus four even plus six. Yeah, they just beat Baylor by six. Yep, and then Oklahoma. Minus two, plus four, so plus two, plus three. Tennessee went the Shriner. Oklahoma was plus five. Tennessee was plus six. Texas Tech plus three, and Oregon plus no, one. Oklahoma, Oklahoma was plus. Yes, yes. Well, congratulations to the Tennessee Volunteers winning the Shriners by run differential. Speaking of Tennessee Volunteers, AJ Russell had chased Dolander 2.0. He had that invisible, invisible fastball. Oh, he's dude. I think he's better than Drew Beam. Dude, I, I think they made the right decision starting him on Fridays. He reminds me of Chase Dolander so much. Just no emotion, just invisible. Dude, he threw like 20-ish fastballs out of like 28-something fastballs, all fastballs, and had six. He struck out the first six batters of the game. And had like eight or something like that in the first like four innings. I mean, yeah. dude, it was invisible fastball. Just 96, well, 97. He was their best pitcher. He was one of the best pitchers in the country last year in the postseason. He was so good and like so crucial for him. And I mean, he was kind of, I mean, he was their number three. He was behind Dolander, he was behind Beam. Um, and really, I mean, they probably relied on Burns more than him, but. You could just kind of see it where he felt like a guy that was going to come in this year, eat up innings, get a lot of strikeouts, a lot of wins. And, I mean, I, he probably earned that Friday night role in the offseason. 
Yeah, but this is going back to the whole thing we had about Chase Burns. Tennessee developed pitchers. Come on, we've been watching them. Um, oh, they okay. had freaking Redman break their all-time save record. The guy was just a soft-throwing lefty who turned into a pinpoint, little bit of below, 88, mm-hmm. 90, 91, whatever, and he turned into one of the best relievers in Tennessee's history, closer. So they're developing pitchers there. Chase Burns just wasn't the right scenery for him. Go find somewhere else to play and move. no, no hard feelings. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But you're right. I mean, they do develop pitchers. Like, Dolander was a transfer from Georgia Southern. And I don't even think he pitched at Georgia Southern in his freshman year. I think he was He wasn't shirt. the real Dolander. Yeah, and then he goes in, like, his redshirt freshman year. And what did he go, 12-0? and 0? Freshman of the year? I don't know. Anyways, um, one of the... One of the best all-around series. I know we're jumping around. This is just kind of what we do. So if you're a new listener, just bear with us. Like we we jump around, but I do want to talk about this Wright State versus Louisiana series. It was some of the best baseball of the weekend. Back and forth games, high intensity, late in or late game drama. Louisiana ended up winning best two out of three. But I think if they played this at a neutral site or at Wright State, I think Wright State would have won the series. Wright State's good, and I was not expecting them to be good. They lost a lot from last year's team. Everybody remembers me being super high on them, picking them to win the Indiana State Regional. You love the Raiders. Four seed. I'm back in on the Raider game. Raiders are good. Uh, and, and Louisiana's good. We, we did not have them preseason ranked in the mid-major poll. That was a mistake. They uh, they – there's only, room for There's only room for 25 teams. We were nitpicking in that 16 to 25 range in the preseason. It's hard. Yeah, I was really impressed with their pitching and defense. And usually, like, Matt Degg's team's head coach at Louisiana, usually they rake. This team has got to figure it out offensively, but they're going to be in most games. I love the pitching staff. The defense was great. Play well at home. Great home field advantage. They're going to be right in the thick of things in the, in the Sun Belt. Yeah, I mean, if you watched that series, and for those that didn't, it was really clean pitching, not many walks, great defense, and timely hitting. That's like what the beauty of baseball is, a five-to-four game. Great defense, timely uh, timely hitting, you know, two-out scores, where it's just not – you're just not a merry-go-round around the bases and, you know, stuff like that. It was just a really well-played series, and it, it had postseason feel to it. Like, yeah, both teams very even – Whoever just edges it out, congratulations to you guys. Congrats to the other team on a great series. Nobody's disappointed. Everybody goes home happy. That was the kind of series it was for me. Yeah, and and one that kind of par- one series that paralleled to the Louisiana Wright State was Dallas Baptist and SEMO. Southeast Missouri gave Dallas Baptist all three days everything they could handle. Dallas Baptist ended up sweeping SEMO, but I think Simo had the lead in the seventh inning or later in all three games. So I compare Simo to a, a right state. They probably both will win their conference. And Louisiana and Dallas Baptist are just household names nowadays. Like they're no longer these like Cinderella mid-majors, whatever. Like they're established baseball programs. So uh, watch out for Simo in the postseason. Like those guys can play really well. I, I was. The most, I, I don't know. I watched the games. I was rooting hard for Dallas Baptist because I was betting on them. Uh, but SEMO's got some athletic dudes, like tall, lanky, athletic dudes. Hey, uh, they were up five to two in the sixth. 
Then it was tied 5-5. Dallas Baxter's 1-9-5. That was game one. Game two, SEMA was up um, 6-3 in the eight, uh, 6-4 in the eighth inning. They blew it. They lost 8-6. That was game two. Game three, SEMA 3-4-2-4-3-5-3-4-5-3. Three, three, five, five, five. Yep, they lost an extra inning 6-5 in the 11th today. So, they had, the, they had the lead or tied in the sixth or seventh inning or later in all three games. Yeah, it was almost identical to that Louisiana series. Late, yeah. like just two really good mid-major teams battling it out. So they flew under the radar, those those type of series, but I wanted to give them a shout-out. Um, hey, by the way, I was thinking about it, and I saw someone mention, kind of mention it. Remember how we talked about the whole transfer portal thing could kill mid-major team? Looking back on it, maybe it's a blessing in disguise where good power five guys are dropping down to the mid-major level because they can't oh, yeah. play. They're not getting playing time. So maybe that super high-profile guy at Dallas Baptist goes to LSU, right? Mm-hmm. But three SEC you know, power five recruit that are freshmen, sophomores that didn't get playing time in those schools go to the mid-major level. So you trade one and get three kind of thing. So yeah, it, I mean that's these that's, teams are getting much better. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. We've said it on the podcast a lot too. I bring up Mercer all the time. Like Mercer's best players go play at Georgia Tech or Mississippi State, Old Miss. They lose them to the portal, and then they get three guys that are drop downs from the SEC or ACC. So yeah, it works both ways, and that's why I think college baseball is in a great place right now. Um. Shrink it I don't know what I was going to say. I want to give I want to give a couple shout outs to some SEC teams. South Carolina looked really good. I know they played against Miami Ohio, but Miami Ohio is not bad. Uh, they're usually pretty solid in the MAC. Uh, Roman Kimball is going to be a Friday guy, I think, by the end of the year, bouncing back from Tommy John surgery. I put it on Twitter. He looks just like Roy Oswalt on the mound. You know, smaller guy, but long Big stride. Fastball that rides up in the zone, 12-6 curve, and he just has the mound presence. So uh, South Carolina threw a no-hitter today combined. Uh, that was cool. Ethan Petrie hitting bombs yesterday. He's dude, He's just such a pure hitter, man. Hey, like he, I know, I know. Shout out to LSU. They broke a school record today for most, um, most singles in the game with 20. Yeah. And they tied a school record for most hits with 27. Today, you know, yeah, they, they needed VMI to do that. Like huh? VMI is not like some podunk garbage yeah, team. They, yeah, they are. VMI? Dude, they have the worst pitching staff in the nation. That's what I was saying. LSU needed to do that today because – Buddy, buddy, you, you're the one that picked VMI to win the SoCon. Only because I told you I'm not picking Mercer. I, I couldn't – I have the Mercer jinx. I have to pick somebody else. VMI is not going to win. VMI is going to be good. You can't backtrack this one. I said they're going to be offensive. They'll be. They can score a lot of runs. Oh, okay. Well, they, no, they, VMI's pitching staff is awful. So bad. Off. They were throwing 84 miles an hour today. Like I'm glad LSU put up 27 or 40 or whatever they did. Who are you uh, taking, George Mason pitching or VMI pitching? Oh boy, George Mason. Yeah. George Mason, they got they got taken to the back house. I know, I know. They, I just VMI's pitching is so bad. They've always been bad, except they did. They do have a major leaguer that I faced. I forget his name, 
for the Twins. He's a starter. He's pitched a lot in the majors. Um, I don't know. He was there when I was there. Uh, he, he actually beat us one one time on a Friday as a freshman. Anyways, no, I wanted to give the other shout-out in the SEC to Texas A&M. Texas A&M is an Omaha team. They rebuilt that roster, and then they also have, I think, a future number one, number two, number three overall pick in Jace, Lava, Jace Lavalette, Laviette. I can't pronounce his last name. Lava, I had the Lava, same problem last week. Lavalette, Lavalette, I don't know, whatever. He's a stud. Three homers, just moonshots. He was rocketing balls. And he's I got protection. Five home run on Saturday or Friday or Saturday. It was Friday. And, yeah. and dude, Braden Montgomery just looks a lot better in the box, too. I mean, obviously, he has the stats to back it up his first two years, but he looks like a professional hitter now. Um, AM, I know they were playing McNeese State. McNeese State is usually solid. Like they might win the Sun or the Southland Conference. Who knows? Southland Conference is wide open this year, but I, just looking at the size and the in the just freak athletes that Texas A&M has, I'm all in on them. I think Texas A&M is going to surprise a lot of people. Get back to that 2022 where they finished semifinalists in, in Omaha. Coach Sloshnagel's got a talented roster. So uh, South Carolina, Texas A&M stood out to me. I, obviously, you could just name off the rest of the SEC. Everybody, everybody looked good. Kentucky whooped up on UC up or USC Upstate. Smoke, I did not see that coming. Smoke. Dude just smoked them all three games. And Upstate was a good team, and and they are a good team. How about Georgia? Florida? Look, Georgia the, looked great. Florida, Florida the only win, winless team in the SEC, by the way. Yeah, I mean Florida loses that game to to St. John's. St. John's, they're look great. They're pesky, dude. They're pesky. They they might win the Big East. Hey. For people that don't know, St. John's was, used to be a powerhouse. They used to be a baseball powerhouse. Um, I wouldn't say powerhouse. For, for major standards, one, they were a powerhouse. One super regional, maybe in like 2008. But they were. But when you think of when I think of mid rangers back in those days, I think of teams that just ran train through their conference schedules every year. Were always in the right. postseason, the regional. That was St. John's back in the day. They were they were pumping out pro pro ball players. So Joe, uh, Joe Panic. Yeah, this is one of a few. So yeah, I mean, but let's let's be honest. Florida would have won the next two games by fifteen runs. Same thing. Same. You could say the similar thing. Like kind of what happened with Vanderbilt. They ran into a good FAU team, had a battle all weekend, ended up blowing them out on Sunday when they run out of gas. Florida probably would have done the same. Yeah, uh, Colby Shelton is a damn good player too for Florida. He is. I, I'm all in on the on the Colby shell. He had 25 homers as a freshman last year at Alabama, and he hit a ball on Friday. He just he he's got that like Daniel Murphy swing. The lefty like golfs the ball out of there. Uh, it, he's he's fun hey, to watch. That, speaking of FAU, does East Carolina have a new threat in the American Athletic? The Americans better than I thought. FAU surprised me. Uh, I know USF only played one they game. They played really well against UConn. Yeah, that was an exciting game. And Wichita State, they have some dudes. Wichita State, they had a guy hit a 490-foot homer, allegedly. I don't know if it was Trackman or Rapsodo, Yakertek, one of those, but it read off the bat at 490 feet. So, yeah, I mean – 
I think the Americans better than what we thought. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But I, I firmly believe that East Carolina is the best team by far. They, Charlotte will be good this year. Will be pretty good this year. Um, Charlotte disappointed keep- me. You know, and I like Coach Woodard a lot, and I like what Charlotte's built. But they did disappoint me. Now maybe. Maybe Virginia Tech's way better than what people are thinking. And honestly, after watching those games, I think Virginia Tech is back to 2022. Virginia Tech, number four overall national seed. Uh, Maybe not that good, but last year was a disappointing year, and they lost uh, Dimitri. Uh Uh-oh, somebody uh, disconnected. Hello, Benjamin. Are we still recording? I guess, yeah. I basically said, well, there goes Ben. <laughs> All right, well, I'm back. Uh, we'll do, this will be this will be fun. Huh? Can you edit that part? No, we're not gonna edit. We're just gonna we're just gonna keep it rolling. People will right. know my internet. Uh, like I said, I'm house I'm house sitting. Internet, I guess, is not synced up the way I wanted it to be, but what were we just talking about? Because I, I just we were talking about the American Athletic and Charlotte. Oh yeah, I mean they uh, they came out today and scored a bunch of runs in one, but Virginia but you, Tech you held said them. You weren't a huge fan of them. No, okay, I take a step back. I, I am a huge fan of Charlotte. I love what they've built. They disappointed me. That's all. If I said I'm not a huge fan, I, I did not mean that. Uh, they just disappointed me the first two games, but they bounced back. They salvaged the series. I think Virginia Tech's going to be really good now that I saw them play. But I mean, long season. Yeah, I mean, I think I think. East Carolina's conference to run away with. Um, but I do think FAU will put up a good fight. I think Charlotte will be there. South Florida I, South Florida can really pitch. So they're going to be competing. Rice got smacked around by Notre Dame, but they're not going to be a walk in the dog park either for most of these teams. Tulane had a good weekend. So American Athletics should be competitive. Yeah. Um, but, hey, speaking of Wichita State, we can kind of move this conversation toward the Big Big Twelve and Peyton Tall. Tolly, Peyton Tolly. What about him? I mean, he's a beast in the box. He can hit. Yeah, he didn't pitch too too great this weekend, but he can hit. 
Nobody at TCU, like none of their starters pitched well. They gave up a ton of runs. They every single game they were. I mean, Florida Gulf Coast like a top ten team this came out hot in all three games. Florida Gulf Coast was. I mean, they should have won the that first three. five innings of of the series. First five innings of each game, they looked like an Omaha team. Florida Gulf Coast was smacking TCU around, but TCU just they 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 got knocked down early. But they did not give up on the fight. Ended up winning all three fights. Won the series. I think that shows me more about TCU. Like they're not going to give I'm up. Just twenty in them. Yeah, they're not going to give up. They're gonna they're gonna keep fighting. Uh, I think. I think eventually their starting pitching should figure it out. Like they have good starting pitching. They just didn't show up this weekend. Yeah, but I mean, Oklahoma State looked terrible against Sam Houston. This, I mean, Texas uh, today they looked good. I watched some of the games. It was today. like was what, twenty to nothing today or something. It was bad. I turned it off. It was like fifteen to nothing. Nineteen and, to two final. Sam Houston. I mean, two conference I think USA. I think I think that that kind of series is very common in college baseball. You just throw it in the dumpster and forget about it. Don't overthink it. Don't, don't overanalyze it. It was just. A oh, bad you're move. talking about like as a Oklahoma State player or coach. Yeah, just just move on. Like as a fan, I was gonna say Sam Houston's gonna hold on to this series for a long time. You can analyze it from a Sam Houston perspective, but from an Oklahoma State perspective, they scored one run and then two runs the first two games, so three runs, and then put up nineteen today. They just got caught sleeping. Like opening weekend, they just got caught sleeping. I wouldn't overanalyze it, but Oklahoma, Texas, and um, Texas Tech. All look really good this weekend, but you know how it is. Right. Three weeks from now, we're going to be talking about how Oklahoma State's really good. TCU's heating up; they're so good now. It can all change in the blink of an eye. Oh, easily, yeah. And, and nothing matters until conference play. Like Oklahoma State's RPI is not going to be hurting because they lost two out of three to on the road to Sam Houston. If it was a home series, it would hurt a little bit more. But no, they're not sweating it. They're they're going to figure it out. Oklahoma State. They have talent too, like elite talent. Yeah, dude, that's I mean, all the talking points I have here. Was there anything we forgot? Um, honestly, off the top of my head, I think we talked, we covered a lot, pretty fairly quickly. Uh, there, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to think. Hey, a lot of attendance records were broke this weekend for opening day crowd, which was awesome. Oh, dude, college and, baseball is growing like crazy. It is. On a freaking rocket to the moon. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny is I think college basketball is dying out. I can't watch a college basketball game. I used to be a huge college basketball guy. I I don't know. There's no – it's not what it used to be. College basketball used to be way more fun when guys would stay three, four years. You'd be able to, like, remember guys' names, and there were star players. There was – Mid-majors were a real threat to go deep in the tournament. It feels just so watered down now. I would love to see, and I know college basketball is still ahead of college baseball. Like, I'm not an idiot as far as viewership, money, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But I would love to see, like, a five-year chart on trajectory for college baseball, college basketball. I think the gap's getting smaller. Maybe I'm an optimist and just love college baseball, but – the gap has got to be getting smaller between those two sports. I think I think the overall product 
is getting smaller, but in terms of coverage and popularity, it's still pretty far. I don't know. Because I just feel like there's more money, there's more coverage, more popularity, there's more outreach in college basketball than there is in college baseball. But I, I do think it's shrinking. I feel I just still think it's pretty far. I it's mean, nothing. It's nothing we need to worry about in the next no. five years. But I'm talking 10, 15 years down the road. I think the NBA is going to more of a G League style away from college basketball, and I think the MLB is doing the opposite. I think they're getting away of the getting away from the low A rookie yeah. ball extended spring training. They're like, hey, go to these colleges, go develop, go get better, and have the time of your life. I mean, think about it. Football age matters because. An 18-year-old or 19-year-old defensive lineman cannot go compete in the NFL. He's going to get oh, eat, lunch eaten. Basketball, an 18-year-old basketball player that can really hoop can go play in the NBA. So there's that. Baseball, a 21-year-old guy that throws 98 can go compete in the big league. He, is he going to be a sub-2 ERA guy throwing in the ninth inning in front of a sold-out crowd in Fenway? Maybe not, but he could be an eighth-inning guy in a three-run, four-run game where they're down. There's plenty of college baseball players that can go do that today. So I think that's where, like, hey, we don't need to just spend four years of minor league ball in bumfuck nowhere United States. We can just take them from college, put them in double-A, high-A, double-A, one, two years away from being in the show. I think that's the better route, and I think we're slowly getting to that. Yeah, 100%. You know who I, mean, I forgot to mention on the pod? And I know we're changing subjects here, but – Travis Bazana is one of the best college hitters I've seen in a long time. <laughs> he's dynamic. Dude, hey, he's how about special. the freshman? Trent Caraway from or, or by the way, Oregon State looked legit this weekend. Oh yeah. They they were taking names. They ooh. Kicking ass in name, baby. We love to see it. Trent Caraway, shout out to him for the freshman from Oregon State. He had like three home runs this weekend. Another freshman from Georgia Tech, Drew Burr, really showed off this weekend. Dude, That's so I know, I know Drew Burr. I used to, like, he used to come to Mercer camps whenever I, I would work him. And like, I'm talking, he was 12 years old and coming to Mercer camps, 12, 13, 14, all the way up to 18. Um, yeah, I mean, he, kid's a freaking stud. He, he was probably going to sign for close to a million dollars, turned down the draft, went to Georgia Tech, hit three homers this weekend, and just backside bombs. He's special. He is a uh, he's a future first rounder easily. I agree. I agree. Um, you know what's funny? Oh, can I talk about Georgia Tech just real quick? What about him? Georgia Tech started the year against Radford, three game series, right? We're yep. talking about hey, the pitching staff's going to be a lot better. They got a new pitching coach. Yada yada yada. I turned the game on. It's six to nothing in the first inning. Radford put up a six spot against uh, <laughs> um, what's his name. Bus Bussy, Trey, Trey Bussy. Yeah, put up a six spot against Georgia Tech's All American closer from last year that they converted to a starter, and I'm like, oh boy, here we go again. Luckily, they ended up winning all three games pretty easily, and the pitching staff looked fine, uh, better than last year. But dude, I was like, if Georgia Tech's going to give up 20 runs a game again, this is going to be ugly. But they did look good. All they need to do is just keep teams to under five or six runs, and they're going to win 40 games this year. Dude, their offense is special. I, I have them as a sleeper pick to get to Omaha. 
I think they're, I think they're going to be one of those teams to shock people. Florida State and Jordan Tech are my picks out of the ACC. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we haven't even talked much about the ACC outside of Duke. Um, Florida State, I don't think they – I think they got rained out. I think the whole state of Florida besides Miami no, got rained Florida out. State played every game, and they killed Oh, Butler. they did. They did. They went – Butler? With the Butler? Yeah, they killed Butler. Two games. They played two games. Oh, okay. They got um, canceled yesterday on Saturday. But, I mean, they outscored them 26-5 to five in two games. Yeah, Butler's not great, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, speaking of those freshmen, there's some talent coming in. There is a I'm lot saying, of dude. talent coming in. High schoolers are saying no to the draft now. They're doing the old Dylan Cruz of I'll be a North Carolina maybe great. late. Yeah. Oh, yeah. North Carolina is good. But, yeah, these high school kids, they're like, if I'm going to be like a late first, early second, maybe third or fourth round draft pick, instead of signing for 600K, I'm going to go play three years, have the best time of my life, get any girl that I want, make NIL money, Try to win a national championship, and I'll sign for two point eight million or five million. Or what did Cruz sign last year? Like seven, seven or eight was, million? I think it was like seven point two, seven point three. Um, yeah, Paul Skeen got like eight point one or something around there. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But hey, shout out to Prairie View A and M. They are officially number one in the RPI ranking at the twelve thirty seven a.m. Eastern time. The RPI is a whack job right now. It is hilarious to look at. You can just tell the algorithm is even scratching its head. Like the algorithm itself is like, what am I doing here? It's basically a whole algorithm with no data, so it's all out of whack. I love, I love looking at it. Yeah, because, um, but yeah, I think, dude, we covered everything, huh? Yeah, we covered everything. We'll be back on Wednesday or Thursday. New episode. Midweek. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do the midweeks. I had them pulled up earlier, but there's some good ones. Let me pull it up too. We'll look at them together, everybody. A lot of in-state battles and then also like teams that are traveling from up north down south. There's a few games on Monday. So if you're a... Some tournament game, yeah, rain uh, postponed game. Yeah. Um, so Monday, um, so Arkansas plays against James Madison, Oregon State against Minnesota, LSU, Central Arkansas. Dude, Arkansas... They look shaky on Friday, and they look they lost today. Now maybe James Madison's a lot better, but yeah, Arkansas has got to figure it out. Wow, we got West Virginia at Stetson for two. Looks like they're playing a doubleheader. This is Monday we're talking about, so the day you're listening to the pod. BYU Grand Canyon, UNLV Stanford, Indiana State South Florida. Now that's I think that's going to be a big. It's going to be a pitching. That's going to be a great game. Indian, another team we didn't talk about. They looked good this weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Indiana State just always does it. Uh, Air Force at Southern Miss on a Monday. That's cool. Hey, how about this? San Jose State's got to hop on the road tonight and go straight back up north and play Fullerton in less than 24 hours. They got to drive from San Diego all the way up. They probably flew, right? I don't know. You don't, you're not driving that. all the way up to NorCal. But uh, Maybe, maybe. Good game tomorrow. Uh, yeah, and so let's do let's do the midweek. So Tuesday, Old Dominion at Virginia. That's that's going to be an offensive game. Uh, I'm just, we're just picking out the big games here. Like obviously, there's a ton of games going on. UNC Elon always beats Coastal. Elon always beats North Carolina in the midweek. They're playing Wilmington at Coastal. That's a big one. 
Um, how about Troy yeah. has to go down to the Rattler Dome, Florida hey. A&M? That's oh, a trap yeah. spot. Hey. East Carolina and Campbell, must watch, must watch. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Campbell beating them at the, the last like two years. They've handled them pretty well. Uh, Texas State. Yeah, that's at right. I think they beat them two out of three. I think they play three times a year. Texas State at TCU. Book it right now. Texas State wins that game. Ooh. That, dude, that's going to be fun. I'm going to have to sit down and watch that game. Um, Oklahoma at Dallas Baptist. Wow. Another banger of a game. San Diego at Irvine. That's a big one. Um, oh, speaking of, I'm going to bring this game up. You see San Diego at USC. USC looked like horse shit this weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they lost all three games like pretty bad. Um, eight to one, they lost to BYU. Eight to one, they lost to Grand Canyon. Five to two, they lost to Ohio State. I'm, I'm not a buyer and believer in USC. I think I think they're they need more time. They need more time. They don't even have a home stadium this year. They're playing nope, in like some nope. city park. Okay. Oh, how about Wednesday? We get Texas Tech at Oregon. Oh no, Texas Tech, Oregon State at Globe Life in Arlington. One o'clock on Wednesday. One Eastern, I think. UCF what? Miami on Wednesday. Liberty at Duke Wednesday. Hey, Miami offense looked really good this weekend, by the way. Oh, yeah. They looked offensively, they looked really good. So, Indiana State at FGCU on Wednesday. I know FGCU got swept, but they're going to be good this year. Like, they should have won at least one of those three games. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a fun midweek. Obviously, every every midweek it's madness. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's Thursday all I got. Games. Yeah. No, Nebraska Grand Canyon on Thursday, but anyways, yeah. Let's end it there. That was a good episode. Uh, thank you to everybody that's watching. It is late right now on the East Coast. I'm tired. Uh, we'll be back. Appreciate everybody's support. Um, on social media and listening to the pod, got what fifteen weeks left. So let's let's uh, no thirteen weeks of regular 13. season left. Yep, thirteen weeks. Okay, left. to I'm all tired. the new fans, welcome to the best sport in the world. To the old fans, appreciate the support. Listen, we're just getting started in twenty twenty four. Yes, sir. All right, see you, everybody.